You're listening to the Black Eagles podcast. Welcome back, everybody. Episode 189 of the Black Eagles Podcast. I'm your host, Sinan Schwarting, live from New York City. Right, back again. Um, a lovely sort of almost fall, late summer day here in New York City. And a very special day for the podcast. And I'll tell you why. Um, we gave Khan the, the day off. Uh, hashtag Khan's Corner uh, gets gets a, a, a week off. He's been giving us content sort of unrelentingly, um, and I've been talking about how I'm trying to get like a few segments going at a time with a few of uh, Twitter's favorite English-speaking Besiktas experts. And so along those lines, today we've got Aaron Armstrong at Aaron E Armstrong on Twitter. For those who don't know, um, he's going to be with us for what I hope to, will become a regular segment. We're calling it hashtag Ask Aaron. Uh, and I'm asking the question this week, and I, I suppose I typically will be the one who does that. But that doesn't mean that uh, if you folks out there have questions for him to answer that you, know, you shouldn't submit them. By all means, I will gladly uh, give you all a shout out. You know, put your, your, your at, your, your whatever you call it, your name on Twitter. Um, so yeah, please do submit questions for Aaron if you if you're interested in him answering them. I, if not, I'll gladly do it. Uh, this week we start. I started with a softball, but anyway, before we get there, um, that'll be our sort of match analysis, if you will. Operation is in effect as of right now. To begin with, I'll go over the the logistics of it. If you, you know the, the details. Um, first of all. Obviously, we're coming in off of our loss in the Champions League, our first loss of the season. The first goals we allowed this season, for that matter, competitively. Um, Antalya is, is no pushover. As I mentioned last week, we drew them twice last season. We couldn't beat them at all. So, you know, important to realize what you're dealing with, if you will. Um, but so, yeah, uh, this season they had drawn Guztepe, lost... Fener 2-0 um, on the road though in Shukru Saracholu. Uh, they beat Rize 3-2, then they lost to Gaziantep out east in Gaziantep 2-0. Uh, and then obviously they came up against us uh, for this match. Probably not the opponent they would have wanted to come up against, um, you know, given our relative strength, but I'm sure they would have wanted to give a go of it, uh, get their season back on track. So let's uh, let's talk about lineups, shall we? Um, first of all, uh, Mert Gunok was starting his first start for Besiktas um, since he joined, ever, if you will. <laughs> um, Francisco Montero would be starting on the back line next to Mehmet Topal, with Nejib Uysal on the right side of the defense and Fabrice Ansakala on the left side. 
Valentin Rosier, a late scratch for this one. Uh, so Nejib taken out of the center of our defense uh, and slid out to right back. Obviously, for everyone knows that Domagos Vida and Wellington were out. Uh, I'll talk through the siren. So, psych. Okay, that's not happening. Um, so yeah, Joseph de Souza in the back of our midfield as per usual with Atiba Hutchinson and Sally Uchan up ahead of him uh, with Gokan Tore on the right side of our attack, Kenan Karaman on the left side, and of course Mishi Bachuai up front. For Antalya it would be Rude Bofan and their goal. Bunyamin Balji on the, as the right back, Vesel Sari and Naldo in the middle of their defense with Gurai Vural their left back, Nuri Shahin and Andrea Poli in the center of their midfield with Freddy up ahead of them. <clears throat> Paul Mukairu as, as their left wing, Gokdenes Bayraktar as their right winger, and Haji Wright, 23-year-old American, uh, as their starting striker. So, you know, an, an interesting lineup. Some familiar names, of course, especially Nuri Shahin. I don't know if you'd call him a legend of Turkish football since it didn't quite pan out. But certainly a, a, a big reputation in the, in the world of Turkish football. But so yeah, let's dig into the match itself now then. The first, let's say, 40 minutes, uh, there, were, there was no like definitive uh, goal action per se. Although, um, Antalya definitely had the better of the match. You could, you could argue more of the chances were going to them. The highlights, they sort of dominated. But they didn't really get any comprehensive, sort of clear chances, I would say. Some, some shots from distance, free kicks and stuff like that. But nothing that really put a scare into us. We bent but didn't break, if you will. So, so some solid defending despite being in complete disarray on the back line. But let's talk about what happened there. So in the, in the 18th minute, Mehmet Topal got a yellow card. In the 22nd minute, Nejip would go down with an injury, which is, as many will be aware of, quite scary given that we already have two central defenders out. So with now Vida, Wellington, and of course Nejip injured, there are going to be some questions. Will Serdar Sachi get some playing time? Uh, you would maybe ask if Mehmet Topal will become a permanent fixture, but in the 37th minute, he would go out injured. <clears throat> now for Nejip came on Miralem Pjanic. Pjanic went back to that um, sort of defensive, that, that holding midfielder role, and then... Um, Joseph went back to our back line with Mehmet Topal coming out. Ridvan Yilmaz went to left back and Sakla went to right back. <clears throat> so, um, yeah, with Joseph on the back line and Achiba sliding back there. <laughs> so, yeah, this became just crazy. This was not what anyone wanted. Oh, sorry, with, with Montero back there, pardon me. Um, and Atiba would would swap out with uh, Atiba. Sorry, Atiba would swap out with Joseph. Um, yeah, it, my brain is having trouble having trouble computing all of it as well because it was that insane. Um, but so yeah, with all those changes, I think Sergei Yeltsin himself said he lost track of, of the back line. Um, Haji Wright would score. Um, and the first highlight would actually be on the flip side in the 40th minute. Montero would almost head it in off of a deep ball from Ridvan that would uh, find Montero's head and he would kind of loop in high and almost find the back of the net um, but it would miss and on the ensuing counter 
not exactly a counterattack because it was on, you know, a goal kick, but they would get a fairly easy, intuitive, um, a couple passes off, and Haji Wright, assisted by Andrea Poli, and, and the, the assist really made the goal, but I mean, Haji Wright did fairly well to send it in low to the right side of the goal, past Mert Gunok. Some people were critical of him, I think, when you leave your goalie one-on-one, -on -one, it's kind of what happens. Uh, bear in mind, of course, Mert had not played in quite some time coming into this match, so he, he should also be allowed a little rest, but that doesn't obviously excuse the poor defending that led up to their goal. Who do you put that on? I don't you know. Again, like, nobody's playing where they're supposed to be already at this point, so I don't think we need to pick on anyone too much. And unfortunately, just three minutes later, and for the record, that Haji Wright goal was the first goal allowed in Super League play. Um, obviously, we allowed a couple against Dortmund, but we had remained scoreless, or we had allowed zero goals in coming into this match in the Super League. Um, Ersin, on the other hand, remains perfect in that regard. Uh, but anyway, just three minutes later, um, while the BN USA announcer was still sort of analyzing the, the goal that had just been scored, a deep free kick from Gudai Vural, really well placed, would find the head of Vesal Sari, who would get his head on it. You could kind of criticize Kenan Karaman, who, I mean, you could also criticize the defensive approach there. Why would he be the man that it should all come down to on defense? But he doesn't challenge Vesal Sari very well. Vesal Sari pulls off the perfect header. Can't blame Mer for this one. A goal, two to nil, we're down. Just before the half, this happened to us against Dortmund also. So we're, we're having, this is becoming a problem of us falling asleep before the half. Um, right before the whistle, there'd be a one-on-one -on -one chance. And I don't remember who it would fall to, but Merit Gunnach would do really well to save it, actually. And um, it would become an important save. And we'll talk about why. At the half, Sergei Yalchin scraps the whole rest everyone methodology, puts in Rashid Gezal and Kyle Lahren for Gokhan Ture and Kenan Karaman, both wingers yanked. Dogokan Sinik would come in for Gokhtenez Bayraktar. Uh, I think they maybe wanted more of a traditional winger who could help more defensively, you'd imagine, trying to hold that 2 to nil lead. Without seeding, you know, without maybe, you know, they would probably think they could get more out of the match, potentially. But it wouldn't take long for that plan to, to not necessarily bear fruit. 48th minute, 49th on the clock, Kyle Lahren kind of makes a nice tackle and then finds Ridvan Yilmaz running forward and just, honestly, I, at first I thought it was Rashid Gazal because the pass was so slick and, and intelligent. Perfectly placed to Ridvan Yilmaz to run on to. He, Takes a couple dribbles with it and then slots it very nicely around Rude Bofin. And we're back in it, folks! Two to one! Just as you'd like, honestly, right as the second half starts. The only way for you to really get back into this kind of game. And they do it. Um, a lot of action from here on out. Beshtash is clearly up for it now. Um, Rashid Ghazal, the maestro this time around. 58th minute on a corner. Miralem Pjanic would find Rashid Gazal on the back side of the box on a low cross, uh, on, off the, like skidding on the ground. Rashid Gazal would take a couple dribbles with it, find Pjanic again uh, on, uh, towards the left wing, take a couple dribbles in, and then 
send the ball in for Kyle Laren, whose head would hit the post. And off the post, it would drop to, Ky to Atiba Hutchinson, who would get a shot, kind of uh, bounce it down I mean, perfectly, honestly, on a volley. Um, Bachuai would actually realize he has the chance to put his head on it and sort of make sure it goes across the line. He does get his head on it, but Vesel Sadi clears it off the line. Rudbo Fan had no chance at it. Uh, but so again, it's clear we have the initiative now. Um, let's see, any other action that I'm going to forget here? No. In the 62nd minute, Atiba with a sort of poor clearance, honestly. I mean, it's sort of a bouncer off his knee, so it's not entirely his fault, but Guray Viral gets on the other end of it, forces Merit into another really good save low. So credit to Merit at this point. He's now gone from having maybe a questionable match to having a pretty good one that's keeping us in this. And sure enough, just two minutes later, a lot of weird back passing by Antalya would result in Freddy looking to send it back to Rudbo Fan, but Michi Bachuai very cleverly, a la Kyle Aaron last season, um, he would intercept the ball uh, sent back from Freddy and sort of take a couple dribbles around Rudbo Fan and slot it in far post low perfectly. Two to two! Of course, Besiktas fans are vocal and, and just having the time of their lives at this point. Because, I mean, it looks like we have the real momentum, too. 66th minute, yellow card for Hidvan Yilmaz. Sort of a clumsy tackle, to be honest. 72nd minute, a substitution. Ozan Oziaku getting a sub for Sali Uchan. Sali had played fairly well, actually, I think, in, in the kind of comeback section of the match in the second half. In the first half... Nobody really had a chance to do much uh, uh, offensively. Um, 72nd minute, Enzo Crivelli would enter the match for Freddy. Uh, and just four minutes later, and technically two if you, if you go with like build-up, but um, <clears throat> Batshuayi would bring the ball down really well with his back to the defense, send on Rashid Gazelle with a low ball. Um, Rashid Gazelle would dribble a couple guys, I suppose, uh, and just slot the ball in from outside of the penalty box, low with force across the box. Rudbo fan maybe gets a finger on it, but not certainly not enough to, to stop what was inevitable. The comeback complete. Rashid Ghazal, the magician, strikes two to three because we're in Antalya. Uh, and Besiktas looks all the value for it as well. The next real action, Rashid Gazal, more magic. Um, dribbles it up in the air, sort of gets around a couple players, up in the air again, keeps controlling it, getting it back off the defense. Sends in a shot from distance again, this one in the air a little bit. Ruba Fent has to do really well to save that one. Could have been 4-2 at that point. Uh, in the 92nd minute, in extra time, they sell Sadi would uh, score, but he was offside, and so it would end in the 94th minute, 3-2, to two, or I should say 2-3, to three, uh, a road victory for Besiktas against the side who they could not defeat last season, so already some incremental progress over last season, a championship season for those who may have forgotten. Um, obviously the news coming out of this one are injuries to Nejip Uysal, there's talk of three to four weeks. So that's rough. Um, Mehmet Topal, one to two weeks. Less rough, but kind of rough, given how lacking in depth we are now, as uh, in, in terms of essential defense. 
Um, the good news is supposedly Wellington might be available as well as Valentin Rosier as soon as Wednesday, or, or I should say Tuesday rather, against Adana Demir. Um, whether or not it's in fact true that uh, they'll be back, we'll see. Perhaps they choose to rest them to make sure they're healthy for the for the coming matches, perhaps even until the Ajax match to really make sure that we have a, a full squad for that one. Uh, and uh, we'll talk about the, the coming matches when we do the whole preview section of things. Um, yeah, but so that that's it for um, you know for the for the the rundown of what happened in the match. Now, real briefly, I'll talk about some basic stats: 58% possession to Besiktas to 42 for Antalya, 19 total shots to their 11, seven on target to their five. So all in all, pretty impressive team stats in that regard, at least from the sort of base level of things. Um, four big chances to their two, 409 accurate passes to their 270. Um, we completed them at an 83% success rate to their 78%. So they were, you know, not to be to be mocked by any stretch. They had a solid game, uh, these Antalya Sport folks. But we had a better one in the end. Uh, we conceded 14 fouls to their 10, 5 corners to their 7. Uh, we were called offsides twice to their 1. Like I said, they were. We, we had 6 shots off target to their 4, 7 on target to their 5. 1 shot off the woodwork for us. 12 shots inside the box to their 9. 7 shots outside of the box to their 2. Um, I'm, I'm really doing the stats here, which is more than I typically do as far as team stats, but what the heck. Um, they won 50 duels to our 45. So again, an aggressive, solid performance for Antalya Sport. Good, efficient passing, but not enough to overcome what's ultimately just a more talented side vis-a-vis -vis Besiktas. And before we go into player stats, and, and more than that, let me hand the mic over to our friend, Aaron Armstrong. Friend of the podcast, for sure. Um, sometimes co-host. And yeah, new segment. Hashtag Ask Aaron. So I asked him for his analysis on this match against Antalya, for his thoughts on the last match against Dortmund, and then generally his thoughts on the season so far. I thought since this was his first segment, I'd lob him a softball and give him relatively easy questions here uh, to ask, to, to answer rather. But so yeah, folks, without any further ado, Aaron E. Armstrong with this first segment of his, hashtag Ask Aaron. So yeah, okay. For the first question, um, what are my thoughts? Uh, honestly, for the Dortmund game, um, I mean, uh, we can pretty much all agree that uh, our expectations were low because let's face it, uh, Dortmund is on a different level to us. Uh, they're operating on a whole different budget, uh, but nevertheless, uh, we're a unit as a team. I sincerely believe that we're uh, performing. Uh, really well given uh, our limited uh, abilities slash supplies whatever you call it um, we're pretty much getting the best out of uh, our players and what we can do uh, is pretty much uh, at the top uh, our and Sagan plays a big role in that obviously uh, he built this team from scratch uh, and is making us get better with every passing day. Uh, so for me, uh, the Dortmund game was uh, 
really, really impressive. Uh, kind of showed everyone uh, and all the doubters as well, uh, which is really good. Uh, what we can do uh, in the Champions League, because uh, Dortmund are the favourites, top group, uh, obviously. For the first game uh, of Champions League, I believe, we put in, a, put in a good display and we can build up on that, hopefully, uh, because uh, our competition is... Ajax and Sporting, not Dortmund, uh, we should aim to get the second spot uh, in the group or if we can't do that at least manage to get the third place and uh, hopefully comp try to compete uh, in the Europa League with the new format. Um, for sure our display was really good, we managed to keep up with the tempo that they were putting on uh, even though we made some mistakes from time to time and uh, you, can, you can say that like for the first 20-25 minutes uh, we were in full control of the game. Obviously, the fans played a big role in that as well. But uh, nevertheless, like the team put on a display and it proves that we got what it takes to actually qualify. And uh, I mean, starting the season, I didn't have much of an expectation for us to proceed in the Champions League. But right now, um, seeing how we can perform, uh, I'm hopeful. Even though uh, like getting third place would be a great achievement for us, I believe that we got what it takes to qualify further uh, in the phases. Uh, and that's exciting for us. Um, one quick note, uh, I sincerely believe that if you had um, Pichera available, for instance, in that game, uh, we were able to do way bit bigger stuff. Uh, and also, we, we were a tad bit unlucky with the, with the goal that we conceded. Bellingham made a great run, obviously, you can't deny that. And uh, Atiba was a bit stoppy to follow him, uh, but Bellingham is a magnificent player. He's, gener he's a generational talent, and I'm not saying this because I'm British, but I sincerely believe that like he's a generational talent, and uh, he just run us ragged in that game. Uh, but still, you have to admit that it was the first shot on goal, and it just ended up being a goal. And like, you can't help but think what would have happened if Batshuayi's attempt uh, in the seventh minute had gone in, for instance. Uh, could have gone uh, either way. Uh, there were a lot of uh, ch chances in the game, a lot of uh, possible uh, attempts that could have ended up being a goal. But uh, it ended the way it is, and I'm not mad or disappointed in any way. Uh, I believe it we put on good good performance and we can build up on that and uh, we can certainly challenge uh, Ajax and Sporting. For the entire game, obviously, um, we had a lot of players uh, injured and uh, like a lot of players were unavailable. So it was kind of a challenge to uh, put out the best possible lineup. And I believe, like say again, struggled a little bit in the beginning uh, and Najib uh, and um, Popa getting injured didn't help with that. Uh, we were already operating with a limited squad and it certainly made things harder. Uh, he made some mistakes, for instance, like pulling back Souza to play as a centre-back was uh, a really, really crucial mistake for us because like, he's the guy that helps us operate in between uh, the blocks of the game and uh, he's not a good central defender, let's say that, because he's just built for midfield. He's an amazing midfielder, but uh, for the for the central defense position, let's say uh, he made a lot of mistakes and uh, we basically conceded two goals because of him. I'm not blaming him anyway. It's not a position that he used to, so it was just uh, unavoidable in my opinion. And 
we almost ended up conceding the third. Uh, Hajib Wright was about to score a brace, and uh, he generously wasted it away. Good for the same, like, which was which was great for us. Um, and then uh, again, I blame Sir again for falling back to Neil, but again, he managed to just snap out of it and uh, managed to realize his mistake and just he switched back and tinkered again. He pushed pushed uh, Souza back up mid mid the midfield. Uh, swapped him with Atiba. Uh, Atiba is a, obviously a joker when it comes to this type of stuff. He can do everything, so he just put in a performance which was really, really needed for us. And then we started dominating the game right after the second half started with Gezal and uh, Laren uh, playing important roles in the remontada, let's say. Uh, <laughs> and also, uh, one quick side note for Edwin Yumas, his runs, man. He made that goal up and he started to come back and it was amazing to watch him. Like normally, like it's really, really uh, okay. New and modern fullbacks start like they always do those type of runs in the midfield. They try to like cut in and everything to catch the defense off guard, uh, and they make runs through the half space. And that's what Ridwan does. He attempts to do those runs a lot, and it was just amazing. Uh, and obviously, Batshuayi, he can sniff. <laughs> He sniffed the goals, uh, as a Turkish person would say. Um, he just read the game and like was quick to interact there. Uh, kind of, uh, the second goal was also a little bit because of uh, Salah's uh, press. Uh, he, he was smart enough to know when he should press, and he just did it. And like he, I can't remember the name of the Antalya player, but he was unprepared for it, and he just tried to lay off the ball in panic and. Batshuayi ended up intercepting it and scored in the best way possible. Just typical striker goal, typical striker finish, beating the keeper and just rolling the ball into the net. It was it was brilliant. And lastly, okay, Gazal. Every rival fan was criticizing him, saying that, oh, you know what happens with these one-season wonders? Uh, North African players, they only play for one season, which is just a terrible stigma in my, in my opinion. Uh, they only play, perform for uh, one year and then just disappear. Oh, he's a one-season wonder, and he just we knew, like as Besiktas fans, that like he was doing a lot of stuff still, like two point five key passes per game. That's an incredible stat, uh, and shows that he's actually improving from last season. Still, uh, maybe like the reason that he's getting less uh, paper stats. Let's put it that way. All the goal contributions, direct goal contributions, because that. He's not the only option, not the only creative option in the team anymore. And uh, so we can uh, put in like different variations and different um, improvisations when it comes to the game. So uh, we, have, we have way more options, uh, which is a great thing. And uh, that's why we're not really fully dependent on Gazal. And he's a great player. And just show that once again, outside of the box, clinical finish, great shot, and managed to turn the game around. But again, so again, kind of uh, made the game go into that dark place with his mistakes, but he was quick enough to realize them and he was, again, quick enough to fix them, uh, which ended up being a great game for us. Uh, and I'm not sure that like this game will be a landmark uh, victory for us throughout the season. It will be a key win for us because uh, you can't just set aside the importance when it comes to uh, a psychological aspect, you get me, 
Um, for sure, uh, it's a big win for us mentally because um, after the Dortmund game, uh, people were kind of expecting that we would be falling apart a little bit with the loss and uh, players becoming tired. And uh, these are the games that make you win titles. Uh, if you can like come come across these challenges and just beat them like we did um that's how you win the title and uh, i think we're on the great track in every aspect and i'm excited for the rest of the season hopefully uh it will get even better for us yeah and uh, again thank you for having me uh, I, I can't wait for the next time uh, where i can actually co-host the podcast and join you live uh thanks you know take care bro Thank you very much, Aaron. That's again, Aaron Armstrong at Aaron E. Armstrong, A-A-R-O-N-E-A-R-M-S-T-R-O-N-G. Aaron Armstrong, folks. Uh, And I look forward to more from him. Um, Of course, hopefully soon we'll get... I'll get him in, quote-unquote, studio. Of course, that's not how things work. He's in Turkey. But, um, you know, he'll co-host another episode one of these days, hopefully. But for the time being, it's great to have him featuring. uh, And perhaps we can get two of these segments running, he and Khan's regularly. And it will be a real, uh, you know, team effort here. Real squad putting together, I think, some of the the most vocal voices as far as Besiktas. being, you know, English-speaking Besiktas voices anyway on Twitter. Um, so yeah, great to have Aaron um, with his first hashtag AskAaron segment. Now let me wrap things up with statistics um, on players. And then, of course, I'll, I'll preview our upcoming match with Adana Demirspor. Quickly, I'll do the um, individual stats, and we'll talk about the... Um, the guys who had the sort of most impressive stats that's going as far as... And again, this is based on numbers and things they did that were quantifiable somehow. You know, kind of almost like a robotic uh, approach to, to these numbers. So I, I'm not saying this is my analysis. This is literally just that statistical model that gave them a, a rating out of 10. Just to give you an example, it's like 8.86 for Mishi Bachuai. He's the best player for them stats-wise. Was he my game, my player of the match? No. My man of the match was Rashid Gazal, who they gave an 8.1. Um, 8.10, a round, a round rating, round number for him there somehow. But anyway, I'll, I'll just sort of go over that. So the, the, the guys who are judged to have had a great, excellent match are Rashid Gazal and Mishi Bachuai. Guys who are judged to have had a very good match are um, Kyle Laren and going from best to, to least best because they're all really good again um, Kyle Laren was a judge to have had a great game statistically Ridvan Yilmaz, Vesel Sari which won't surprise anyone probably and Francisco Montero so those guys were all judged above 7.5 and then above 7 so very good to good uh, we had um, of course Haji Wright, Mert Gunok which you know, again, I'll, I'll, I'll maybe talk about his stats and more specifically. Guray Vural and Atiba Hutchinson, Fabrice Nsakala, and 
Dogukan Cynic. Dogan, uh, of course, came on as a substitute in this match, so good on him. Same goes to Kyle Aaron. So guys who, who had less time to, to do things statistically, but still got a judge to have had good games. You know, shouts to them, I suppose. Um, obviously, Kyle Aaron did come on at the half, and, and we took over the match from then on. So I guess, you know, arguably... Let's take a look at his stats. Well, first of all, I'm gonna. I mean, they give Mich Michibachuai the best stats because, of course, he scored and assisted. Um, six total shots, 19 accurate passes at a 79% rate. Created four chances, two shots on target, one off. Uh, he had one big chance missed. 19 accurate passes, as I said, um, which means that he was 19 of 24 for that 79% rate. One long ball uh, was not accurate. Three key passes, however. 37 touches. He won six duels and lost four. So, you know, solid outing for sure. And obviously the goal and the assist give him the statistical edge. But my man of the match, Rashid Ghazal, only played 45 minutes and still had amazing statistical numbers. He had a goal, four total shots, 19 accurate passes at a 68% rate, but lots of them are crosses uh, or long balls. 100% shot accuracy, four shots all on target. Um, 19 of 28 for his passing, but three long balls, none of them accurate, so that impacted his numbers, uh, you know, clearly. Um, but obviously, most importantly, it was the goal and the shots he took that were saved. He could easily have had two goals. Uh, he won five duels as well out of 11, so he was really getting involved in just 45 minutes. <clears throat> he attempted five dribbles, two of them were successful. Of course, those two that were successful resulted in goals, or one goal and one could have been a goal, but it was saved really quite well by Ruud Boffin. But his impact on the match in just 45 minutes, you know, you can't say enough about it. Um, much more than Kyle Lahren, whose stats I'll go over because he was a judge to have played quite well. Obviously, he had the assist for Ridvan Yilmaz, which is fantastic. He had a shot, 12 accurate passes at a 71% rate, two chances created, so not just the one for Ridvan. His one shot was off target, one hit the it hit the woodwork, and it's considered a big chance that was missed. It was that header, ah, I remember, the the pass in from Pjanic on the corner that Rashid Gazelle sent back out for a kind of a, you know, designed play. But yeah, I mean, he hit the post, so credit to him for that. Anyway, 12 accurate passes out of 17. Um, two long balls, neither of them were accurate. But one key pass, the one for Hidvan, obviously. 30 touches, so. Um, somewhat ever-present in just 45 minutes. He won four duels out of seven. He had two clearances and two-headed clearances. So when we needed to defend, as he, t as he tends to do, he came back and helped. So yeah, credit to him for that. Um, real quickly, I want to talk about Mert Gunok's numbers because I think he came under some criticism for the early goals. But despite conceding twice, he had three saves, one diving. Two of them were inside the box. Three times he acted as sweeper. Um, you know, two high claims, so he, he commanded the box fairly well. Yeah, I don't know. I, yeah, I'd be hard-pressed to say he had a bad game. I think, um, in fact, I'd say he played well enough when he needed to that when the day comes that Erison is sold, I feel like we might have our guy, you know? Matt Grunach, he's only 32. For a keeper, he's probably got a good three more years left in him, so at least as a bridge to whatever comes next. I think he's our man. He played well enough, in my opinion. Um, but anyhow, 
Shots to Antalyaspor. Really was a great match. I look forward to seeing how they do this season. I don't think they'll be walkovers. Obviously, we'll talk a little bit about um, the table now. And uh, I think we have to do that before we preview our, our upcoming match because it's, uh, it's a fun table this week. I didn't do it last week, even though we did take first place because it was, you know, just four weeks in and I don't know. We were sort of, we all had draws and nobody looked sort of, nobody had really separated themselves from the pack by any stretch. But here we are, five matches in. I feel like we have a fair sort of place to start looking at the table. Um, and so, first of all, Besiktas is in first place with 13 points, four, uh, four wins and one draw, 10 goals for, two against. So, at the, eight, the plus eight goal differential, it's important because Trabzon also has 13 points, also only the one draw. Uh, but they've scored 11 goals more than us, but allowed four. So, they have a plus seven goal differential. So, as many of us predicted, Besiktas and Trabzon are the main competitors for first place at the moment. Obviously, the season's quite young. Konyaspor is in third place, continuing their strong play early. Um, three wins and two draws with a plus four kill goal differential, um, 11 points. In fourth place is Hatay Spor, continuing strong from last season. Um, 10 points, three wins, one draw, one loss, plus seven goal differential. So very attacking-minded still, even without Bupenza. Uh, fifth place, Fatih Karagumruk. Usually I don't go this deep into the table, but we're going to have to if we want to talk about our rivals. <laughs> Whatever, it's, it's obviously still early in the season, so they don't, might not take kindly to, to laughing at their expense so early. But nonetheless, fifth place, Fatih Karagumruk. Three wins, one draw, one loss, ten points, plus five goal differential. Really looking solid, the Italian model um, coming to Turkey. We'll talk more about that because, of course, Adana Demirspor also following it with Vincenzo Montella. They're, their new um, manager, I suppose, is, is what he's called, right? Um, anyway, um, in sixth place is Fenerbahce with 10 points as well. Three wins, one draw, one loss. Only six goals scored. Three allowed. So fairly solid defending, but you know, struggling to score, which many of us predicted early on might be the case for them. Uh, but yeah, so, so uh, a level on 10 points with Hatay and Fatih Karagumruk, but in 6th place because of their goal differential. Now with 9 points, you have Altai in 7th and Alanyaspor in 8th. Um, Altai with a plus 3 goal differential, so they're legit. Alanyaspor, Alanyaspor is in 8th with a minus 5 goal differential. Um, so they're there because they've won 3 times, but they've lost twice, and they've lost convincingly. Um, Galatasaray is in 9th. Uh, with eight points, having won twice, drawn twice, and lost once. They're a plus two goal differential, having scored eight times, but they've allowed six. So that's not pretty. And then finally, I guess in tenth place, Kai City Spore. Two wins, one draw, two losses. Seven points, minus one goal differential. Um, Bernard Mensa has scored twice in a row, in two, ma two matches in a row. Both really nice goals as well. So... Shouts to former Besiktas players. Um, on that note, we'll have a Tyler Boyd watch. Something I'd wanted to do. I know we have a lot of Americans listening. Perhaps they might be interested uh, in USMNT potential prospect Tyler Boyd. Um, sort of former Besiktas player, quasi still current Besiktas player, out on loan with Rizespor, who are in last place. Um, they did manage a goal against Adana Demirspor. Uh, although Adana Demirspor beat them 3-1. to one, And this is a good way to preview 
start previewing our, our upcoming rival for Tuesday's match. Um, but just of note yeah, is that um, Rize made the score 2-1 with a Fernando Baldrin goal, which was assisted by Tyler Boyd. And Tyler Boyd was credited with having um, a fairly good match, supposedly, in this one. Uh, rate uh, 7.6 rating. So, shouts to a bunch of former Besiktas players. But I guess most importantly, and as we've already begun to discuss, Adana Demirspor. Now, it's worth mentioning that they're in 15th place after a really tough start. They've won once, drawn twice, and lost twice. A negative three goal differential, five goals scored, eight against, five points in total. Again, 15th place, just two slots out of the relegation zone at the moment. But it's worth noting that they, I just mentioned in this last match against Diz, they got their first win of the season. Um, they've changed their coach, so Montella has only, I think, managed two matches. Uh, they lost their first against Fatih Karagumruk, um, the Italian-Turkish Derby. Uh, they lost 4 nothing last week. Um, on the road, so in Istanbul. But so I'll, I'll go sort of in chronological order. Their first match of the season, they lost at home against Fener, nil to one. They looked the better side for much of the match, to be honest. So Fener got lucky there. Um, second match of the season, a draw, one to one against Kayseri on the road. Third match of the season at home, a draw to Konya, who I mentioned is hot in third place, uh, one to one at home. Uh, fourth match of the season, I just mentioned a loss to Fatih Karagumruk in the Italian-Turkish Derby. They uh, lost 4-0. And then, of course, this week on the road against Rize, the 3-1 win. And it's important for them, I suppose, because Mario Balotelli got his first goal this season. A penalty, granted. But, you know, he'll feel good, I suppose, and that could, you know, get him going. You know, Matias Vargas also scored for them, as well as Birkir Bjarnason. So, a lot of their new faces scoring. They'll be happy who have done so. Um, I guess let's talk about their, their main starting lineup thus far this season. Mario Telly, Mario Balotelli starts up front. Bianason starts behind him with Okuchuku Eze next to him and Matias Vargas opposite Eze. Sinan Kurt starts in the back of their midfield with Benjamin Stambouli. Um, on the left wing is Yoher Kadim Rasul, Senegalese. Yeah, next to him in the center of their midfielder is a Cote d'Ivoire, Simon Deli, a central defender, with Samet Akaidin, a Turk, next to him, and Jonas Svensson as their right back, typically, and then Ferhat Kaplan as their keeper, 32-year-old Turk. So, uh, yeah, I mean, their best performer thus far this season is supposedly Matias Vargas. That's who we want to look out for. Jonas Svensson has been rated well, as well as Balotelli, actually, somehow. His... Um, Cumulative rating for the season is above 7, 7.06. So statistically, I guess he's he's done all right for them somehow, having just only scored the one goal, of course. He's assisted a goal as well. So I guess, you know, he's been productive, perhaps. Uh, I can't say that definitively, but anyway, it should be certainly an interesting match. Uh, I, Of course, we all look forward to it. Besiktas will be hosting the match. It's going to be on Tuesday. September 21st, another home game for Besiktas, but I guess we were just on the road in Antalya, so it makes sense. Or home from our beach vacation. Um, so yeah, 1 p.m. here in uh, New York City on the eastern coast of the United States. Check your local listings for your local airing time. Uh, lunchtime for us here. But yeah, of course, um, stay tuned. 
for much more. We'll be back after that match, and then, of course, for all the others. Um, Besiktas, as we all know, has a very busy schedule upcoming. Um, Adana Demirspor that's coming Tuesday the 21st, as I just said. Then on Friday, we're playing Altai on the road in Izmir. Again, 1 p.m. kickoff time. Check your local listings. And then the following Tuesday, we're on the road in Amsterdam to play Ajax. That's 12.45 p.m. here in New York City. Again, check your local listing. Um, but so, yeah, the, just back to back to back. And, and then after that, we're playing Sivas at home on the following Saturday. So no rest for the weary. Um, after the Sivas match, we'll have a little break for Exposed International break, I assume. Um, I will be interviewing someone about Sporting Lisbon to preview that match. Hopefully we'll have some hope still. Uh, we will have played Ajax by then, so we will know more about everything regarding Champions League by then. But anyway, that's it for this episode. Be back soon, as of course we will. Um, follow us on Twitter at Eagles underscore podcast. Follow uh, this week's segment host. Uh, at Aaron E. Armstrong. I've already spelled it elsewhere on the podcast. Follow myself at Sir underscore rights underscore a lot. Follow us on Instagram, Black Eagles Podcast. One word. Um, I don't really know what else to say, you know. Let's go up. Let's let's beat Adana Demirspor. Let's beat Altai. Let's beat Ajax. I mean, let's try, right? <laughs> uh, but of course, let's go Basics! Peace out, everyone! Besiktas International hopes you enjoyed this program.